1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The biggest football games of the season are coming, and bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app, or go to betrivers.com to place your bet.
1: This is the
3: Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers.
2: Welcome in. It is Holden from Veasan, and it's the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Today on the show, I'm going to look at a Broncos-Chiefs line or two. Uh, we'll catch up with Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. we got to talk a little avalanche. They're going very well. we got a Nuggets jazz preview tonight as well, so maybe talk about a couple of lines in that game. Got a funny story about Nikola Jokic that I'll share as well. And uh, right now, uh, I just want to let everybody know, be on the lookout because I'm going to have a fundraiser starting tomorrow to help uh, the homeless animals after the fires just devastated up north. And um, we'll try and get that going, or we are going to get that going. I'm really, really excited about it. But uh, first, let's get into these lines, and I'll discuss it at length tomorrow. But the lines for the Broncos game, and they're now 10.5-point dogs. I saw this thing fall to 9.5 as recently as yesterday. This line just keeps moving up. Everybody thinks that the Chiefs are going to blow the Broncos out. Uh, there's still a shot that Drew Locke doesn't play. I have a hard time believing, though, that he's going to sit this game out, even with the shoulder injury. He's just trying to get as much playing time as possible. Chiefs on the money line, minus 480. Remember, this is a, a Saturday afternoon game, so it's going to be nationally televised. The Chiefs, uh, they have a lot to play for. You know, They could be the number one seed. They could drop all the way down to the fourth seed. So they're going to need to beat the Broncos plus 390 for Denver, uh Broncos plus 10 and a half minus 114. I mean, if you wanted to get crazy and take the 4 to 1 on the Broncos, I'd blame you. Like I wouldn't do it, but it's a hell of a bet right there. Uh total in this game 44 and a half. I'm betting the unders a lot and being very successful betting the unders in these games, but I can't do it this week, right now at least. If Sam Martin's gone, and I know special teams have been a disaster, but if they don't have a punter and McManus is gone, they don't have a kicker, they're just going to go for it so often that I wonder if Locke feels pressured. He's throwing interceptions. They're turning the ball over, and it leads to some easy points for the Chiefs. So week 18, first time we've ever had a week 18. It's going to be tricky to bet early in the week, but there is one bet that I do like early in the week. And that is going to be the Denver team total under 16 and a half. So we know the Broncos have struggled mightily, right? They scored nine points in the first meeting. It could have been 16 or 17. You know, they score the touchdown on that 85-minute drive. They get inside the 10. It didn't happen, uh, of course. Uh, The Bengals game, we saw it crop up again where Locke fumbled in the red zone. We saw last week they had four tries inside the five. I think a couple from the one. This cockamamie pass to Drew Locke. There's just been so many times that the Broncos have been close and have not been able to get the ball in the end zone. And that's the one concern that this this total could go over the 16 and a half. But I'm I'm telling you right now, Broncos have scored under 16 and a half of four of five games. Four of five games they've scored 16. Uh, under 16 and a half we've got lock with the shoulder issues the team has a ton of problems moving the ball there's no question about that um opponents just look to stop the run now and we see with Javante I I wonder how badly the knee is bothering him the last two weeks 21 carries 42 yards it's just not the same guy uh I wonder if he's hurt Melvin Gordon, listen, Melvin Gordon could take care of business uh, by himself. It, it won't be as explosive as what we saw with Javante. But in, when we saw Javante miss a game, Melvin came out and, uh, and performed very well. Performed very well. Uh, Chiefs must win again for the number one seed. Coming off that brutal loss to the Bengals. Brutal loss to the Bengals. They need to go out. And send a message, and I think they're going to do that. Uh, again, the 10 and a half, you know, now you've got a hook. You throw a hook into this. 10 and a half on the road in a division game. You know, if you'll really dig into it, it's not a brilliant bet. <laughs> so it's, it's not what I would recommend too often. But I mean, if there ever was a time to back a team on the road, double-digit favorites, this might be it. Uh, keep an eye on the status of Drew Locke, though. Um, So I think the 16 and a half team total at that rivers means the books think he's going to play. And uh, I I said to myself, should I recommend this pick today? Should we wait on some more news? I mean, what if we got more COVID issues? Like we know what the floor is, right? Or the ceiling is right now. The ceiling is 16 and a half because it seems like everybody's going to play. And I think the numbers baked in with the book thinking that Locke is going to play this game. If we have any, if Locke has a setback, if there are COVID issues, then that number's gonna drop. I just wanna get in on it now. So show play today, it's the Broncos team total under 16 and a half. Okay, that's the first thing to get to. Uh, we'll do our nuggets with Nate. Yes, Nate Kreckman, altitude 92.5. Let me give you some of the uh, numbers here from this game. As the Nuggets are four-point dogs at home, plus one and 33 on the money line. And the total here is 223 and a half. Okay, so Monte Morris is out. On the other side, you got Joe Ingles in the health and safety protocol. Donovan Mitchell is the December Player of the Month in the National Basketball Association. Uh, these are just notes I'm throwing out at you. Jazz are the best road team this season. Um but my favorite angle from this game is how Nikola Jokic just owns Rudy Gobert. Now, I wouldn't say that he owned Rudy Gobert in the one meeting back in October this year. Uh, Jokic 24-23 in points, so he outscored Gobert by a point. Uh, you had Gobert out-rebounding Jokic 16-6, to though. And that had not happened where he had out-rebounded Jokic since back in the 2020 season, September of 2020 was the last time Gobert out rebound him. I don't see that happening tonight. Uh, I think Jokic will be right there with him, maybe out-rebound him. And Jokic, 6 nothing in the assist department. So uh, it was kind of... I, I would say slight, slight... I, I can't even give a slight edge to Gobert because 6 nothing in the assist category just... Just two different type of players. But Jokic gets up for this, and he owns Gobert. And Jamal Murray was on altitude 92.5. I think this was was last year. So he tells a story about Jokic versus Gobert. And it was the 47-point outing for Jokic over Gobert. Yeah. So that was back on May 7th of 2021. And here's Murray. He goes... Joker, he's got 47 at this point against Gobert. It's a close game and they're trying to send like half help. So we're talking about Gobert and they want the Jazz want another player to come over and help with Jokic. And Gobert goes, no, 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 I don't want the help. I got him. I got him. And Jokic has the ball. Brother, I have 47 points. Now that's a horrible Jokic accent. but He goes, brother, I got 47 points. Basically telling him, you need help. You need help. And as Murray said, he goes, guys have their pride. They want to guard one-on-one, but how much more you want them to score? He did not uh, end up scoring too much. Uh, more. He didn't score again in that game, but <laughs> what a great line. Jokic basically telling him, brother, I got 47. You better take that help right now or I'm going to hit you again. A um, couple other notes from this game. The Jazz have the best offense in the NBA right now. 116 points per game. Highest field goal percentage at 47.7%. Past two games, the Nuggets have been sloppy. They've had 44 turnovers. Not good, especially against Dallas. It was disgusting to watch. But Utah doesn't force turnovers. They're 28th in opponent turnover percentage. Um, And the good thing long-term with the Nuggets is they have a great schedule from a win percentage uh, perspective. Easiest schedule in the NBA coming up for the rest of time here in this season, at least as it stands right now. Uh, they've got the second most home games left to play. So now we gotta see if Jamal Murray is gonna come back, huh? Maybe in March, this team has played so well under duress. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Nate Kreckman about tonight's Nuggets Jazz game, nationally televised here in Denver. Nate Kreckman, altitude 92.5, Nuggets, Broncos and more. Next on the Denver Citycast, presented by Bet Rivers.
3: Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All
2: right, welcome back Denver Citycast presented by Bet Rivers. It's Holden and we have Nate Crackman. Afternoon Drive 925 Altitude 925. Uh wonderful to have you back on the program, my friend. I hope the new year was wonderful. Um, tonight we got a big game with the nuggets and the jazz. We got the Broncos and the chiefs. We're going to talk some college, uh, basketball as well, but believe it or not, I I just want to mention the avalanche for a second. Yeah. Like if this Comcast thing gets taken care of, like we think it might next month, holy moly, maybe the rest of Denver will figure out how good these guys are because last night was, it was on ESPN plus. So people that don't have access to it, could have watched it. Um Kale McCarr, who I will never forget hosting a show with you at 92.5. And you asked him if he liked kale. Uh, I thought it was the corniest thing ever, but it was also terrific stuff. I enjoyed it. Uh This team's kind of good, man. And I think that the locals are missing out on what could be the best product in town.
4: They, uh I mean, they hadn't played in so long and it, it was almost like you, you wondered, have we forgotten how good they are? And, you know, that first game back against Anaheim, that first period, really the first thirty minutes of that game holding, it was just like, oh wow, like these guys, they look like they haven't played hockey in three weeks. And and it was brutal. And then by the third period, it was just like everything clicked, and hey, they're the avalanche again. You get a you get a Taves goal, you get Roland, O'Connor gets the game winner, boom. Uh a- Avalanche are back. Last night, they they go to Chicago and and sure. Let's let's give the Hawks some credit. They were able to f- uh, force overtime in that game, but then Kale McCarr scored <laughs> one of the best goals of the year in the NHL in uh, in overtime. Just made a fool out of Kirby Doc and then beat Mark Andre Fleury. The the spin move and the the deke and the backhand. Oh, it was just top shelf. It was one of the goals of the year in the NHL. I think I've watched the replay like thirteen times by now. Yeah, they're. They're a legit Stanley Cup contender. I got them at plus six fifty uh, at the start of the year. I I feel good um, about that bet. Now it's you know they always they always fade in the postseason, but we know they. If the question is, are they good enough to win a Stanley Cup? Without a doubt, they absolutely are. Um, they're arguably the best team in hockey when they're complete.
2: Oh boy, and I've said this, you know, as a guy that has covered. Uh, numerous hockey teams and was out in Washington for a few years and saw how that team was the most talented team in the league. It took them a decade, yeah, you know, to turn that in, almost a decade to turn that into a Stanley Cup championship. I mean, that's the one thing I'll preach with Avalanche fans. You got to be patient. I mean, the heartbreak is – its there's a better chance of them having heartbreak than there is winning a championship. But the great news about these guys is they're built for the long term. Right? I, I would they argue, built-
4: Holden, and, and I think it's, you know, you you – I think football should be brought into this discussion. I think certainly baseball should be brought into this discussion, but let's be honest, like the Stanley cup playoffs, the, the greatest uh, range of randomness occurs in the Stanley cup playoffs. Like, you know, the true test is what you are over the, the sample size of 82 because uh, greatness sort of gets evened out over the course of 82 games. But when you shrink something down to a seven game series, Weird crap is gonna happen and that that's what's happened to the Avalanche. They were they looked like they were well on their way to a three one series lead last year against Vegas, and then you know, Vegas scores a goal uh off the butt of Philip Grubauer and then the Avalanche couldn't do anything the rest of the series, like random crap just it happens when you shrink down the sample size of hockey.
2: Yeah, but but I also think that works against them too, because mm-hmm. you have inferior teams that could just step up with yep. a hot goalie, but you know what? Let's get these guys on TV. Let's get them on Comcast, and everybody will be jumping in to watch them. They're extraordinarily excited. It's exciting. Yep. Next team to jump into, the Nuggets. I mean, huge game. Huge game here, man, with the Jazz coming in. Um, I I must say this, and we've talked about this. I, th- I thought there was a chance that they might not even make the playoffs at one point in time during the long losing streak. But – The way this team has just kept their head above water, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm starting to think that they're going to be a top six seed here. Before you get into the game, what is your stance on the team for the rest of the regular season right now? Well,
4: uh, right now, uh, fifth seed in the West. Disappointing game the other night in Dallas, to be sure. I think that there was um, a game there for the taking, and they just wouldn't stop turning the ball over. I really enjoyed that Popeye Jones... Um, had an opportunity to work as the head coach of that team because uh, if you watch the post game, man, Pop was just—he was blunt. He he did not um, bury his thoughts at all. He did not round his edges. I mean, he was just saying things like, um, you know, I, I told him what to do at halftime. They didn't do it and bones highland doesn't know the playbook and he just he kind of went in on these guys but i think there's some players on this team that need to hear that stuff right now there is some guys that aren't holding up their end of the bargain nikola Jokic absolutely is aaron gordon absolutely is um a guy that you know, I I've, I spent a lot of time being critical of last year, and I'm not going to say I was wrong. I'm just going to say that I think he's done a hell of a job adjusting his game at the NBA is, is Faku Composso, who I think is – is accountable right now and is playing hard every single night. And you know, Monte Morris has been out, and I think Faku has done a nice job. He's five eleven. He's he's got his limitations, and I think we're all aware of them. But he's also maximizing what he has as an NBA player. Um, and his brain and his toughness are, are really something. I give Faku a lot of credit right now. But, but there's other dudes on this roster that just flat out are not holding up their end of the bargain. Uh, Will Barton is just is playing too inconsistently, seven turnovers. The other night, you can live by Will, you can die by Will, but it's been dying by Will a little bit too often lately. Um, Jermichael Green has been frustrating as hell coming off of the bench for this team. Austin Rivers, I don't know what happened to Austin Rivers, but he barely looks like an NBA player right now. Um, so there's there's some guys that, that need to get their crap together for this team. But um, Nikola Jokic is, he's in my mind, he's the MVP. He is. I, I, know I know Steph's having a great year. I think Durant's having a great year. By PER, Nikola Jokic is putting up the greatest season in NBA history right now. This, this Nuggets team, they would have, you know, Detroit's record if they didn't have Nikola Jokic right now. He's just, he's too much. He's unbelievable. Um, I—I Again, I think he should be the MVP. i I like that this team is 18 and 17. I give them a lot of credit for being um, kind of above water right now. And I know there's a lot of guys playing up in role, but they could be playing better while playing up in role.
2: So I remember telling you this story back in October and it happened on Altitude 92.5. So Jamal Murray was asked about You know, Joker versus Gobert, and we'll see that tonight. And Murray goes, he's got 47. Yeah, They're trying to send half help. And Gobert goes, no, I got him, I got him, I got him. And Jokic goes, brother, I got 47. You know, I got 47 on you. You could bring the help whatsoever. Why has Jokic had so much success against this guy, the defensive player in the year? And, all right, the first meeting this year, almost a draw. But for the most part, over the last few years, he has dominated, Gobert.
4: Yeah, from a, from a betting perspective, I've already bet uh, Jokic over on points tonight. I saw 27 so and a I. half. Good. Um, but um, Nicole is averaging 31 a game uh, over the last seven against the Jazz. He, he, I think he gets up to go up against Rudy. Um, I, I think that there's uh, there's some international pride that goes on in there. There's some national team stuff that goes on in there. And more than anything, I just – it's. He's in the division. Uh, Rudy Gobert is probably the the most complete defensive big in the game today, but he's kind of a bad matchup for Jokic. Like, Nikola Jokic, can, he can neutralize length because he's so patient and he's so damn crafty, and that's what Gobert has over anything else. Jokic tends to struggle a little bit against guys that can match him strength for strength a little bit. DeAndre Ayton actually does a hell of a job against Nikola Jokic if you can if you can really make Jokic have to fight to get his position down on the block you can bother him a little bit you can force him into some some more of those fadeaways and let's be honest Jokic makes a lot of those but still that's that's a win for you defensively Gobert struggles with that and and Nikola is just he's so patient he's so willing to wait to get to his spot to get a good look and and he frustrates Gobert Um, it's just, it's, it's a good matchup for Nikola Jokic. And, uh, I like him to have a big game tonight.
2: No, I do too. The last two times these guys have played, Jokic scored 24 and 24. Mm -hmm. Uh, but three before that, he's gone over and that's what stood out to me. I don't like the side in this game. I don't like the total in this game. Mm -hmm. I like Jokic though. And then the the question is, do you go points and rebounds? I'm not so sure about that. I kind of have that around. I kind of have that at the number. Uh, the number I have for points tonight is 28. So it's a slight over, and I decided to throw a half you now. I like the look. I yeah. like the look a lot, Nate.
4: Yeah. It's, um, again, just you go over the body of work, what he's done against Rudy generally, plus. National TV tonight. This is a big game. This is a really big game for the Nuggets. And I think there was some frustration over the way that that Dallas game went the other night. The fact that Dallas was down so many guys and they still, you know, let Doncic get to his spot on the floor as much as he was able to. Um, I, I look for the Nuggets to respond tonight. I really do. Oh,
2: well, Monty Morris just kind of alluded that he's back tonight too. How does that change things? Let's just kind of react to that. I'm looking at it on Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. If he's back, uh, just – the second unit. I mean, do you just throw him in there with the second unit and try and get some get some more production out of him here? What do you do with Morris? Yeah, first game back, I'd
4: probably bring him off the bench. You know, keep Compazzo in as the starter. Faku has he's played well, especially that Houston game. I mean, Faku was the MVP. Granted, you know the Rockets were in full meltdown and they were. All fighting each other at halftime, and guys were leaving the arena. But still, um, Faku played really, really well that night. I would stay with him tonight. And beyond that, I think there's an interesting debate to be had about whether Faku or Monte should be starting. Now, if if it's merely a merit thing, I think Monte Morris is a better NBA point guard and and should start. And his two man game with Jokic is good. Um, he's he's very good at being able to get himself good mid-range looks or being able to get to the rim. He can get you a bucket in the midst of a drought. Like Monte Morris is a, a more complete NBA point guard than is Faku Compazo. He's a little bit bigger, he's a little bit craftier, um, at least in terms of being able to get to the rim and finish. Faku's very good at getting downhill and mm-hmm. getting into the paint. You gotta give him credit for that. Um but but this is it becomes a little bit of a rotation question here for the Nuggets. Like second unit scoring has been so hard to come by bones. Highland has been in and out of health and safety protocols and, and he's a rookie and he's just, he's inconsistent. I, you know, I I hope to see a big game out of him tonight. It's interesting going up against Utah and Jordan Clarkson. Like we're hoping that bones Highland turns into that kind of player, but his bench scoring has been inconsistent. So, are the Nuggets better off keeping Faku Campazo in the starting lineup and bringing, even if he's the better player, bringing Monte Morris off of the bench and providing so. some scoring punch to that second unit, which has just been dreadful this entire season. Now, I got to talk out of both sides of my mouth a little bit here, though, because... The the starting scoring hasn't been great for this team either. So why would you want to damage that by using Monte off the bench? Um, there's no perfect answer. It's a catch-22 that the Nuggets are up against right now. But co- coming off of this latest absence, if if I'm Michael Malone in this coaching staff, I I think I'd take a swing bringing Monte off the bench for a little while and and see if there isn't any tangible benefit to that second unit, knowing that no matter whom the point guard is, Jokic both has good, he has good chemistry with them and he'll carry the starting unit.
2: I love it. I'm right there. and That's how I feel they should be taking care of things. Yeah. Right at this point, you know, try it out. See if Morris could get the bench going because it's just been an absolute disaster. So show bet there. You and I are both on Jokic over 27 and a half points. Moving on to the Broncos now. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Listen, I already got my show bet for that one too. I'm going right back to the well Denver team total under 16 and a half. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Broncos just can't score, uh, especially since Locke is there. They just, defense can stop the run. You've got two offensive line. Now Calvin Anderson's out with Reisner. They can't run the football. Uh, Javante's knee. I don't think, I I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I think his knees bother him. That that to me, 21 carries 42 yards. How is how is he healthy getting that type of production? Yeah, tell me. He he he
4: doesn't look right. I, I I think there's also there may be a degree of rookie wall, which which is fully understandable in a 17 game season for Javante Williams, and and they've done a good job splitting carries with him throughout the course of the year. But that's still a very large rookie workload that he has had this year, and and the way that he plays, there's it's going to take a toll in the NFL, not necessarily the way that it did in college. So, um, and I know he split carries in college as well, but Javante doesn't exactly look right. Uh, you're absolutely right. They're stacking the box uh, because no, nobody's worried about Locke beating them. Um, they're stacking the box and they're taking away the run. And the the offense is just, it is absolutely abysmal. Um, you, we know that a Steve Spagnuolo defense is going to be aggressive. They're not going to be afraid to send pressure after Locke this week, especially with, um, as banged up as Denver is on the offensive line, under 16 and a half on the team total. Uh, I, I wish that I could argue against you, but the last three games, 10, 13, and 13 points, it's atrocious.
2: Well, I mean, the only way it happens is if somehow, some way, in the red zone, they decide that they want to score this week. Yeah. What a joke. You throw a, a reverse pass to Drew Locke on fourth down at the one. Then Locke had the big fumble against the Bengals. They had the 75-minute drive against the Chiefs. They couldn't punch it in. It's just it's just an awful offense. A lot I'll of it has you, to do with Schirmer. You know? I'll tell you what
4: drives me nuts, too, was what? Uh, they, they 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 score, but then it was a Melvin Gordon touchdown on a fourth and goal from the one. Uh, called back because of illegal formation it's the fourth quarter and you're down 17 points and they kick a field a 23 yard field goal they kick a field goal from the six look i know they're going to need three scores no matter what but this on this is not a prolific drive it down the field and a bunch of big chunk plays put together you know two minute drives kind of offense right here you have that much to come back from you have to try and score a touchdown from the six yard line instead they kick a field goal just absolutely pathetic game management on the part of this team i vic fangio is brilliant defensively i will never take that away from him uh, he is just an awful awful in-game coach um i whatever their their decision-making process is between their analytics staff their special teams coaches uh pat Shermer, and then going down to Vic fangio it is just awful look they're they're not a they're not a great team. They're they're very bad at quarterback and you you can't win a ton in the league doing that. But there there are ways to be able to win on the margins in the NFL and the Broncos are incapable of doing that.
2: I mean, in the 2% chance that Fangio's back, uh it will probably be a very fun day to be on sports radio. Uh, to hear some of the reactions to that, but God, I, I, he's just done nothing to prove that yep. he should be back. Donatel's the one guy that I think they should keep. I mean, Donatel's done a hell of a yeah, job. Yeah, but he's a right? package.
4: He's a package deal with Fangio. He will is he? Will, he? I, I Fangio's I think he goes, gone.
2: They say here we're going to give you two more years. He's not staying. I I, I think Fangio's
4: out. You've got to wipe out his entire staff. I, I
2: just think that that's the way that that's going to go down.
4: Because any new head coach has got to be able to choose his defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah. It, it
4: has to be able to. Now, and I say that Fangio hired two offensive coordinators, and they were both awful. So so what should be trusted. But I am a firm believer a head coach has got to be able to choose his staff and what he wants to do if there's going to be success, if you're going to give him that trust to run an organization.
2: Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm with you. I'm just saying if there's one guy that deserves to keep this job, it would be him. And you know I wouldn't I, it, I wouldn't keep it out of the realm of possibilities that he's back in some in some way, shape or form as the mm. defensive coordinator. But again, it's going to be a new head coach around here. All right, so that's that with that. Let's talk some college basketball, uh, Mountain West Conference. You and I both had uh, some wagers in that Colorado State Air Force game. Our wagers both paid off. Let's talk Colorado State. You know, I, I said this coming into the season. I like Colorado. I like Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Both these teams are going to the tournament. Well, now I'm starting to think, you know, the Rams can roll through the the Mountain West. We're looking at a potential four seed here in the state. And, and I'm not kidding. And I wonder what you think about that. David Roddy, obviously super stud. Give me a couple of thoughts on Colorado State moving forward.
4: Uh, right now, the team that really doesn't have a weakness is almost what I would call them like they, they've got toughness they, they've got shooting they've got ball movement they've proven that they can win away from Fort Collins so far this year um they're just they're they're deep. They're really deep. Like John Tanjay is probably the best sixth man in the Mountain West Conference right now. Uh, but they can consistently—they they went ten deep last night against Air Force. I think consistently, uh, Nico Medved can 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 rely on at least nine players uh, on a nightly basis. And in this particular year, because guys are going to continue to be in and out of the lineup, that is more critical than ever. But um, yeah, they're—I they're, think that they're the deepest team in that league. I think Roddy is the best player in that league i love matt bradley at san diego state the transfer from cal um and i think he's finally starting to get clicking a little bit for the aztecs but i'll take roddy all day long um i say stevens might be the second best player in this league that's how good colorado state is you know last night last night's a tough game to get a true barometer on because they hadn't played in three weeks um we you you had to anticipate that that was going to be tough coming out and uh, air force isn't very good but they have at least played of late, and, and Air Force is just – we know what Air Force is going to do. We know what a Joe Scott team is going to do. They're going to slow the game down. Um, they're going to drain the shot clock. They're going to be patient. The the second that you lull, they're going to get a backdoor cut and get a bucket. And so, yeah, that 19-and-a-half that absolutely jumped off the page last night of um, are they just – are they counting on the betters not being conscious of CSU not having played in three weeks and Air Force? Just had a nice home win against Utah State. Uh, Air Force plus 19 and a half plus the, the first half line was 10 and a half for a team that I hadn't played in three weeks. That was just like I saw that I I couldn't I couldn't hit, you know, <laughs> bet now quickly enough on that number right there. I'm not surprised that CSU won, um, but I'm also not surprised that Air Force easily covered last night.
2: I mean, it's fascinating that you and I both attacked the same game. We attacked it from different angles, mm. but kind of used the same theory. For me, it was the under first half. Colorado had Colorado State hadn't played in three weeks. Yeah, and Air Force couldn't shoot. Yeah, that gets into a betting discussion here, how to attack these lines. And, and the same thing, you know what? Colorado's coming up against Washington State. Mm. that's a that's a game when they post the lines. I will probably. Mm. Be researching. I'll, I'll make that line later today. What is going to be the first half total? Because Washington State, it's been a couple weeks for them. We're talking two and a half weeks for Colorado. Yep. It's not like these college kids just come back and all of a sudden they start shooting. No, There's tough. nothing like games to yeah. get your legs going.
4: It, it, it is is—it is absolutely tough. You you know that fatigue is going to be a part of that. You take these guys out of game shape as long as they have. I mean, I can't believe CU hasn't played since the Bakersfield game. Um, it, it, it has been that long. You know, we lost the Kansas game. They haven't played a single game of the Pac-12 yet. Uh, Tomorrow night's a really interesting one coming up here against Washington State. I just watched Washington State lose um, in Spokane against a a pretty good Boise State team um, last week. So, yeah, this one is kind of ripe for the picking right here. Both teams haven't played. I I think you're absolutely right about that. I think there is a a betting edge to be had taking a look at these teams that just haven't been on the floor for a while. There's – I mean, it's it's a little bit of the same principle. Not, you know, not exactly, but it's a little bit of the same principle of – taking a look at conference tournaments, taking a look at national tournaments at the end of the year and, and taking a look at teams that have had a little bit of a layoff that are going into some of these neutral gyms um, where they, you know, they, they, they haven't played, they haven't shot in those buildings before, taking a look at, you know, first half unders, taking a look at game unders in games like that before these teams kind of get their legs underneath them. Um, and, and I think some of those principles sort of apply with what we're going through right now in college buckets.
2: Yeah, we got a lot of games postponed, though, right? Fresno State, San Diego State, two games postponed tonight, uh, and then we got Friday's game with Colorado State and Boise State. So I think right now we
4: only have one weekend game in the Mountain West, as yeah, Nevada, as it stands. No. And I'm getting got emails a from the conference office basically on a daily basis that uh, that things are just postponed, postponed, postponed all over the place. So as of right now, let's see. As of right now, you mentioned that Friday night CSU Boise game, which is going to be good uh, if it gets Uh played. Um, CSU Boise on Friday night. Um, And then Saturday right now, we got Nevada going to Viejas to take on San Diego State, who's just tough. They're, they're really good I, I, csu is gonna win the league but san diego state is is probably the two seed um and then utah state is at new mexico lobos can't get the program back on track and utah state can shoot the hell out of the ball when they're right so um yeah a couple a couple of games coming up this weekend to keep an eye on i'm not seeing numbers on them right now no. <laughs> the odds makers are probably a little a little loath to have to cancel as many bets as they've had to
2: you won't, yeah, yeah. You won't see him. I'm, I'm looking forward to that Colorado State Boise State game too. I got nothing to do this Friday night, so guess what? I'll be watching It's on FS1, <laughs> and I'm kind of excited that. about. Hey, hey, honey, what are you doing tonight? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm blowing off our date because I want to watch Colorado State Boise State at eight thirty. Yep. There that's that's the life. That's the life we lead, my friend. All right, plug everything you're doing. Plug the Mountain West, plug the show, plug the Twitter, everything Nate kreckman
4: Yeah, uh Altitude Sports Radio 92. 5 Uh weekdays 2 to 6 with Andy Lindall, a lot of Nuggets Jazz preview coming up today on the show and continuing to talk about the the future of Vic Fangio, the future of the quarterback position here in Denver. Because uh, you can't get enough of that conversation. Plus, we're celebrating Kale Nakar today here on the show. Um, at Nate Crichton on Twitter, uh, Mountain West Radio Network. Listen to that in all of your favorite um, Mountain West markets. That's that's what I do, man.
2: Uh cholesterol. Do you want to give me your cholesterol, your height, your weight, anything else you'd like to plug? Or you know, the the
4: cholesterol, um, I was I was one seventy two last year. Uh last okay. physical, um, you know, she told me like don't you know, you you were at a good number last year. Don't worry about checking it out. So I was pleased with that. Um yeah, five eleven, one eighty. Uh yeah, one eighty. It was post post college, let's be honest yeah
2: you, you got little kids there's no way you stayed at your pre-kid weight <laughs> trust me i know that although all I right had, nate crackman uh, as always time. wonderful to catch up with them ian st Clair, playColorado.com. we're going to look at uh the november handle basketball a lot of people betting on the nba in the month of november and uh we'll wrap the show up with that plus you know we'll talk a little abs we'll talk a little nuggets and some more broncos too Stick around. More of the Denver CityCast presented by Bette Rivers.
3: must be 21 and located in Colorado gambling problem call
2: 1-800-522-4700 Denver Citycast presented by I Bet Rivers rolls on and our Wednesday guest is Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado I love talking with Ian because my favorite part of the month is out we got our handle Colorado sports betting by the numbers it is easily my favorite article on playcolorado.com Ian, wonderful to see your face again. Welcome back to the show. It's been a whole two days. How are things going in your world?
5: Well, at, after that Kale McCarr goal against the Chicago Blackhawks, it's, it's going incredibly well and wishing that I was as good at life as Kale McCarr.
2: You know what's interesting about that, too? The game was actually available to people here in town on ESPN+. Plus. And I don't know how many people knew that that game was on, but I'm a big Kansas fan. I went to the University of Kansas. So on the computer, I had the Avs game on. And then I had Kansas on the big In and, and you're right, man. Woo, that goal by McCarr. This kid's special. You know, we often talk about who's the best athlete here in town. Who is the And it's, it's who? McKinnon, right? Jokic, right. one Dayton. of those two. We go back and forth. But boy, Kale McCarr is fun. And our our guest uh, that came on earlier, Nate Krekman, when I was filling in with him right after McCarr got the call up, it was the most uncomfortable thing I've I've heard in quite some time. But it was also funny as hell. Nate goes, "Hey, uh, do you like Kale?" And it was just it was so corny that it happened to be funny. But I like Kale. I like Kale McCarr. This kid's special, man. There's so much talent on this team. But I will caution, you know, sometimes it takes a long time to get over the hump. And it might take a few years for this core to win it all.
5: Well, I I hope it's this year because it's been a few years. And the the disappointing losses to the Dallas Stars and then Vegas last year especially was incredibly difficult. I I hope this is the year. But there's no doubt in my mind, Cale McCarse uh, said, sealed his Norris Trophy one last night with that goal. I mean, it's just – and the thing is, and I think Eric Johnson – sealed
2: it in January.
5: <laughs> yeah, he, there's no doubt. He he solidified the Norris Trophy with that goal. I mean, there's no one that's going to even come close. But I, I think Eric Johnson said it, the veteran defenseman for the Avs, said that he's just going to keep getting better, which is incredible. And I, it's going to be fun to see. And the good news is we touched, touched on this podcast – with the ongoing dispute between Comcast and Altitude, it seems like there's finally going to be resolution with that. And it's going to get on Comcast.
2: When? I keep reading this too. I'm with you, but is it really going to happen? Don't tease me. Don't tease me because I would love to get rid of my other cable subscription so I don't have two of them.
5: I, th- okay? I think it's I think it's coming in February. I think that was the last that I read where they're they're going into Resolution, uh, they've agreed to come together, and I think it's gonna be February.
2: So instead of 25% of Denver having access to the Nuggets and the Avalanche, we might see it go over 50%, which is only gonna help them. I don't I don't know what the straw is that broke the, that, that broke um, what is a crunky sports entertainment, but yeah. that, they've gotta know at this point. You got two premium products in each of their sports, and if nobody here can watch it, is it really happening? It's like if a tree falls in a forest, does it make a sound? It's like if the Avs or the Nuggets uh, have the best record in the regular season, does anybody really know? No. 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 Everybody is illegally streaming the thing, so we might as well <laughs> you know, get it on uh, on Comcast. Uh, boy. All right, so we started with the Avs. I-, I was not expecting that, but – you know, as things go on, uh, this show will continue to focus on that. And last night at Even Money, I didn't have a show yesterday. It's unfortunate because I had a really good night. Uh, I had the under Air Force Colorado State game in the first half, which, by the way, see, th- these guys are just rolling. They're absolutely oh, yeah. rolling. Um, they're, they're going to be, I think, that they could put themselves in a position to be a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament, and I kid you not with that. Easily. And then, Kadri last night. Even money on an assist? Are you kidding me? This guy, he's just too good, too. So I- I'm loving the avalanche right now. And I really do hope that the rest of Denver gets to experience it. Because that's it is great. expensive to go to a game. It's really expensive. And when you just can't even watch it on TV, it's, it's almost like you're registering nothing, Ian.
5: Yeah, that, that's basically it. And I, I think once they get back on TV, hopefully in February, that will spur an interest, and I think it'll increase betting interest, not just for the the Avalanche, but the but the Nuggets. And you mentioned the the revenue report. The NBA was the number two bet on sport in November, and that was just the beginning of the season. And I, I think if you're able to watch Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets on TV, that's only going to get even more betting interest uh, in the Nuggets, but also the Avalanche.
2: Well, that's fascinating okay let's talk about the numbers again on playcolorado.com ian writes this this article every single month so first of all we got what two million dollars for taxes in the state a record a record so a record two million dollars in taxes that's kind of nice and that's only going to grow oh absolutely right I mean during the summer months in a couple of years we're probably going to get two million dollars in taxes right as as this thing continues to grow
5: absolutely i think we're seeing okay. the maturity of the sports betting market since it launched in 2020 a lot of it at the early going was free bets and promos and that's not taxable for the sports books now that we're seeing the the revenue handle continually ticking up and it was a little bit less than october from november it was a a small decline falling 3.3% from the record 491.5 million in October but the fact that it was still 475.4 million and you get the record in terms of state taxes you mentioned it was nearly 2 million there is the shattering the the gross revenue record of 36.8 million i i mean this is just going to continue to be the case for the Colorado sports betting market and it's you're going to see the taxes be around this mark, I think. And I think that was one of the biggest problems with industry insiders and some of my coworkers workers at, at PlayColorado.com was that the tax revenue wasn't as high as we thought it should be. Well, I think we're starting to see that finally coming in to the, in the, the point that's going to settle and it's going to be at this mark, I think, consistently going forward.
2: Well, that's the big thing Then, hopefully they're using the taxes properly. You know, they're investing it back to where it needs to go because politicians, uh, by and large, are corrupt. But this is great. I'm glad we got the $2 million. It could be spent wisely, uh, and hopefully it is. Well, and let's get a, into this. Though. A good – oh, Yeah, it's, sorry.
5: It's important to point out that 10% of the Colorado sports betting tax goes to Colorado water. It goes to the Colorado Reservation Beautiful. Project. So it's going to help the state with and with a huge – Necessity, anyone who's, I mean, everyone listening to this or lives in Colorado or in the West knows that there are going to be water issues. There are currently water issues. And the fact that sports betting is going to help with that is one of the reasons why I think this passed in 2019 with resolution DD. So I, I think this is going to be something that helps the state and it's going to be something that helps a lot of people as we continue forward with these water problems.
2: Well, uh, again, well, we're all over the, the map right now and I like it. I like it. Yeah, you know, it's 200k to the water program. so and it's very very, very important. you're right. So let's get into the top five bet on sports. Why was the NFL? Was the NFL
5: down a little bit at 140 million? It was from uh, October, but I think that's partly because there wasn't uh, an added weekend like there was. In October, so there was a there, there was less games played in November than there were October, but to still get 140 million for the NFL and the Broncos were a little bit better in November than they were in October after that four-game losing streak after they started three and zero. So I th- there's no doubt that the NFL is going to consistently be the driver for sports betting in the U.S. It's just it's easy. access. People know the game. There's parlays. There's same game parlays. Those are the two huge things that sportsbooks like Bet Rivers consistently push is parlays and same game parlays. They're harder to win, obviously, because you have to have everything hit to win it. But that is going to be the case for any sports betting market. And as we see in the number two sport, the NBA is going to be the second most attractive sport to bet on
2: yeah and after years of talking to a lot of guys that ran sports books it's not even close like baseball is is way down across just about the board everywhere i'll be interested to see like in the big markets new york boston i don't think california is going it's really fascinating about california everything's legal there except for betting and i just don't understand it but so the nfl was down a little bit And we expect, like, December will be a lot bigger than, and January should be very big with the playoffs, and then the Super Bowl is going to be just gigantic, right? So $140 really is a floor for the NFL right now.
5: Oh, absolutely. I I think if you look at what uh, Colorado did in October, and I'm bringing up the numbers right now just to give an idea of how well the NFL did in October – it's it's absolutely going to be December. I think is going to be a bigger month uh, for the yeah. NFL. In October, pro football brought in 171.2 million dollars in October. So I think that number. I think we're going to push 200 million in December and then January, especially with the playoffs. And now the fact that the wild card weekend is three days instead of two. So there's going to be games starting next week on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, it's gonna increase interest and the opportunity to bet. So I have no doubt that 200 million is going to be um, the precipice for what sports betting in Colorado is going to accomplish with pro football.
2: How, how much of this market have we penetrated with sports betting? How many, like, like what is the audience that we haven't reached yet? Is it just, is it infinite? Are we hitting most of the people that are going to bet? It looks like since the handle's going up, that either more people with more money are betting or we are getting a lot of new bettors. Where are we on that? Here's the interesting thing.
5: I've talked to multiple insiders across the industry who run sportsbooks and have been in the business for years. I've been told that Colorado has the ability to push Nevada. That's where we are at this point. So we're not even getting to the point where it can be. Because Colorado has more people than Nevada. And obviously, the thing about Nevada is in Las Vegas, you have the retail sportsbooks that attract people to the strip. And that's the one thing that Nevada has over Colorado. But if you look at population, the population of Colorado is way higher than it is in Nevada. So that's why people think that Colorado is going to push Nevada in terms of handle. And Nevada just got over a billion dollars or close to it. I can't remember exactly what it was for November and October, but it was close to a billion dollars. What
2: did we get well, here? Three hundred million? About three hundred million?
5: It was three hundred fifty. We it was close to five hundred million uh, in October, um, and again it was a little bit less than that in November with four hundred and seventy-five. So I don't think we have anywhere. I don't think we've hit anywhere near what's possible for this market.
2: And again, I'll say this again. This is my favorite article. I'm just kind of a geek about this, I guess. (laughs) I'm fascinated to see what people are betting on. And it actually helps me figure out the topics that I need to be talking about. And now that the Broncos season's coming to an end, we'll obviously be talking a ton more nuggets, a ton more college basketball, too, because it, it has been profitable early in the season. I mean, I don't know if people care about the Kansas Jayhawks. I've been good at betting them. So if you're listening to the show, go, you know, I I would recommend you tail my picks there. The Big Sky, uh, I'm down with that. Uh, Mountain West. So there's some of the smaller conferences out there that we can attack. and It looks like college basketball did very well. I know it was fourth, um, but we're talking about November where things were just getting going. We still had some COVID issues too. Uh, I'm I'm kind of bullish on what's going on here in NCAA basketball.
5: And that's going to be the case going forward, because obviously there's the Super Bowl, but then March Madness. That's obviously a huge event for sports betting. I mean, it's like the Super Bowl. Even if you don't really follow college basketball, people still fill out a bracket, right? I mean... I, I don't really follow college basketball, and I'll, I'll always fill out a bracket. My wife always jokes, why do you fill out a bracket? You always pick Kansas to win, and the Jayhawks never do.
2: Yeah, stop doing that.
5: <laughs> so I, the thing, I, I just I, there, there are certain sports that are obviously going to drive every market, and March Madness is going to be one of them, but it helps to have a team that is really, really good, and that's Colorado State. If you haven't followed the Rams up in Fort Collins, do so. I agree with you. I think they're going to be at least a number four seed in the conference. I mean, if they, I mean, they're still unbeaten this year. They haven't lost a game, and they've played some really, really good teams early on in the season. And now that they're getting into the Mountain West, they're going to push, no doubt, to have a top four seed in the in the tournament come March. All
2: right, two more sports to get to: NBA, one hundred twenty-four point seven million, NFL, one forty. So
5: the NBA is that big here, like it's just gigantic the yeah? nba the nba is gigantic after the after the nfl season ends the nba takes over there was last year there were 6 straight months where the nba was the top betting sport and it's because there's so many games they're on tv whether you can watch the nuggets oh, or not some of them yeah you, you you get it on you can get it on tnt you get it on espn and it's it's a board, it's a sport that you can live bet and that's one yeah. of the reasons that the nba is so popular is it's there, there's a lot of games there's a lot of interest and that's going to continue uh, as soon as the NFL season ends in February.
2: Yep. No doubt about that. And uh, it's a lot of fun to bet live. There are edges to have betting pregame, but I've said this so many times in the show already betting it live. You're just getting a better number. It's a simple, a huge game for the nuggets by the way, tonight against the jazz uh, last thing, table tennis, my favorite. It's starting to slide. Like,
5: this thing might fall out of the top 10 sooner than later, right? Nope. It will not fall out of the top 10. It hasn't no? sports betting launched in may of 2020. So table tennis is here to stay. Uh, and it's not, I, I will point out, it's not just Russian table tennis. There are leagues all over the country all over the world that, that you're like China um, there's uh, leagues in Europe. So it, I I, I think the majority of it may be Russian. Uh, I'm not really sure. I've joked that the stories that I've written to try to find people who bet on table tennis is like finding people who listen to Michael Bolton and admit it, It, you can't, it's not possible. I, you just, you can't find them. So it is, it is one of those things that is the running joke in sports betting here in Colorado. And it's here to stay. I. I I don't understand it. I I get it that when sports betting launched in May of 2020, it was in the midst of the COVID pandemic at that point, Mm -hmm. and there wasn't anything to bet on. Well, now there is, and it's still in the top 10.
2: I mean, yeah, and I've always told you this. I think something's fishy there. I I really do. Um, And I don't want to be irresponsible by saying, oh, there's laundering going on. It just doesn't make sense to this day. It just doesn't. I I don't care what... (laughs) anybody says, Oh, people got hooked on it during the pandemic. There's something fishy there. And it's it, again, that doesn't make sense to me that it would still be this big. What's behind it. Like what other sports are behind it at this point? WNBA. MMA. Is that behind it? I, I, I have no idea. What's back toward the end of the top 10.
5: MMA is usually behind table tennis. Uh, it, it it's fascinating. Uh, I mean, the fact that tennis has now overtaken table tennis is interesting to me, especially uh, since there really aren't any majors going on. Now, obviously, in January, we'll have the Australian Open. Mm -hmm. But I I think the one thing that I think stands out is since you have these, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, you have these these table tennis matches are early in the day. It's before the NFL. It's before bowl season. It's before college and NBA basketball. So you're able to get a little bit of a a betting fix early in the day. The matches are quick. Mm -hmm. So you get quick payouts. They last what? Like five, 10 minutes. So I I think that's where the attraction is, is that the games or the matches are early in the day and they're quick payouts.
2: Okay. Okay. Very good. Ian St. Clair play Colorado. Uh, Let's get some of your thoughts on the Broncos here headed into the final week. Uh, I have been, targeting this under 16 and a half team total for a little while now kansas city's coming in here saturday game everybody's going to be watching the chiefs are motivated so this was not good that the game got moved to saturday to be perfectly honest with you not for the broncos but maybe it was good you have been a broncos fan uh, what since the 70s at least the 80s right well, I was born um, in '81,
5: so all right.
2: You were men. born in '81. Excuse me. You always talk about like the '70s and the '80s, so I feel like you you know that. Okay. So since the '80s, the Elway era, you you remember most of that, like oh, yeah. you're a diehard. Can you root against your team this weekend playing the Chiefs so you get a better a better draft pick?
5: Uh, it's not so much rooting for the Chiefs, rooting against the Broncos as so much where it's just knowing that you mentioned a motivated Chiefs team. I think the Chiefs are going to come in incredibly ticked off since they just lost to the Bengals and potentially I lost the ability to be the number one seed. And I think that's why the NFL flexed this game from Sunday at 2.30 to Saturday at 2.30 because the Titans at that point will have beaten the Texans. And there have been a lot of wackadoo things that have happened this season, so it wouldn't surprise me if the Texans somehow beat the Titans But they didn't want the Chiefs to rest Patrick Mahomes and the rest of their starters because they would have known the outcome of the Titans-Texans game when they kicked off on Sunday at 2.30. That's why the game was flexed to Saturday at 2.30, in my opinion. And now they're going to come in ticked off. They are going to absolutely lay wood to the Broncos. I don't see any way that this game is close. The only way it is, and I said this on my Broncos podcast at Mile High Report, is if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are so far up on the Broncos that they take a a card out of Mike Shanahan, John Elway, and Terrell Davis, and they rest their players because they're so far up on the Broncos and they don't want to risk injury. But it's just knowing that there's literally no way the Broncos are going to win this game.
2: Yeah, the question is by how much. Do they backdoor cover anything? I'll, I'll just keep going toward the under. And I'll, I'll look at the Broncos under 16 and a half again. You got Drew Locke with a shoulder. If we can get lucky, Rippon's going to come in and play, and then they really won't score any points. You've got uh, Reisner out this week. Javante's knee is bothering him. The run game has just been non-existent because you don't have to respect Drew Locke. Like, what are they doing? And, and, special what, McManus will likely be out. You won't have a punter. They could be going every single fourth down, like, fourth and five at their own 15, and they could be doing that. You're right. This could be a real mess, and maybe I should go back and start focusing on the side too.
5: Well, what's going to be fun, as you mentioned, both Brandon McManus and Sam Martin are currently on the reserve COVID list, and that's not Mm -hmm. fun. Hopefully both are are doing well and are are going to be able to remain healthy. Where it becomes fun is they may not kick the whole game because obviously – you have to score touchdowns to to kick extra points. Oh, well, that's not going to happen because the Broncos don't score touchdowns unless it's garbage time. But they're not going to punt. And you mentioned that. And if they're not going to punt, that means the Chiefs are going to have great field position. So I, it, it could get really, really ugly on Saturday.
2: Man, t- 10 points is a lot, though, on the road, even with the Chiefs. I, I get what you're saying, too. And I'm kind of with you. I, I feel like this... Will likely be a double-digit spread. I just have a hard time with my own constitution, you know, backing a team plus ten because the Broncos aren't going to be, um, are laying down. I really don't believe that. Even I, I've seen teams final week of the season playing for lame duck coaches. They still come out and they try. So the other thing is I, I'll dig into the side, but maybe the Chiefs team total. The problem with that is. The Broncos' scoring defense has just been remarkable. So if they can play as well as they did and they get all their guys back off the COVID list, then Kansas City, I, I can't feel comfortable betting them over. I just can't do it. Um, so that, it's an interesting game to bet in. It'll be an interesting game to bet. But I kind of do like the fact, you're, you have a lot of conviction here that KC is going to come in and beat the hell out of them,
5: yeah, unfortunately. I, I do. I just, looking at the way Patrick Mahomes responded after that loss to the Bengals, he said that they they want to come in rolling. They, they want to go into the playoffs on a good note. They want to get that loss to the Bengals out of their system. And they want to make a Super Bowl run. And as, as much as it pains me to say that, because I'm a Broncos fan and I can't stand the Chiefs, they are going to make a Super Bowl run. And I think the one thing that they're, they, they really want to do is get back on track. Yeah, no doubt
2: about it. Uh, Ian, let's talk a little Nuggets. Big game coming up against the Jazz tonight. I'm excited about this. Uh, My favorite thing is, you know, Jokic versus Gobert. And Jokic has been absolutely dominating Gobert. And and we've discussed this, where the Nuggets might have some struggles getting to the postseason. I'm not really concerned about that anymore. Uh, Jokic has shown his greatness Jokic needs to be out on the floor a lot, and he has to be out here. Like, he goes down with COVID or an injury. Obviously, this team is screwed. But I've been really, really impressed. It's been Jekyll and Hyde up and down. I've been really, really impressed how this team has just kept their head above water. And now Michael Malone's been gone. It was a little disappointing loss to Dallas, but uh, very, very impressed with the Nuggets right now. And and I I do think they could be a top-six team in the West.
5: Maybe better. What's going to be very interesting, and it could be a pivotal point in the season, is this six-game homestand. You mentioned the, the Jazz, but they also face the Trailblazers, Lakers, Clippers, Grizzlies, and Pistons. Going against those teams before they go out on the road at the end of the month, this could be a pivotal stretch for the, for the Nuggets to, to, to get into the top six and stay there because I think Jamal Murray is close. I, I, I was surprised to see Michael Porter Jr. out on the floor shooting baskets after his back surgery. that I, I mean, talk about a development that I didn't see happening this quickly. I don't know if that means he's going to get on the floor. I don't know if the Nuggets can rely on that. But it, it, the fact that they're getting the contributions that they are from all the people being out and the list of guys being out, it's easier to list the guys who are available than the guys who are, who are out. All right. it, it, I mean, it, it's all about Nikola Jokic. And the fact that he is probably not going to win the MVP because of Stephen Curry. I, I don't understand it, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you. There was a point at the beginning of, of December where I thought it would be tough for the Nuggets to get into the playoffs just because I didn't think they had the pieces around Nikola Jokic to get in without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. But they found a way, and I... It'll be interesting to see what this team can do if they can continue to tread water like this, especially over the, the next six games at home at Ball Arena. And then when they get Jamal Murray back, uh, this could be a team that, that could make a run in the playoffs.
2: I, on a completely different subject. Where'd you go to college?
5: The University
2: of Northern Colorado. Ah, yes. Very nice. The Harvard okay. of Weld County. <laughs> hey, listen it's it's been a nice little run it's been a nice little run in conference play you know and um, like I said I'll be discussing a lot a lot of northern Colorado and uh, they what is it they're coming off the win at southern Utah they've beaten some like the the breadwinners of the division so in the conference so if they can keep this up boy Uh, I'll, I'll be extraordinarily impressed, but you went to Northern. So how are you feeling about your bears? Number one in the big sky.
5: I I feel good. And I I think that the football program has been in a tough spot since they jumped up to the, to the F FCS, the football championship subdivision in 2005. So the football program has, has been in a tough spot, but the basketball program, I mean. even after Tad Boyle left for CU, the basketball program has been consistently a fun program to watch and and a successful program. So I'm loving it. Hopefully the Bears can continue this going. And I'm hoping that Ed McCaffrey can use, now that he'll have the ability to recruit, hopefully he's able to get the, the football program back up to where it was in the early 2000s. Maybe not to the level that it was in the mid-90s with Joe Glenn when they won back-to-back national championships, but it, it can't hurt to have a, ba- a great basketball program. And it's been a successful and consistent, consistently strong program up in Greeley.
2: Ian, always good catching up with you, buddy. You take care of yourself and plug the site one more time, your Twitter handle, and we'll get out of here.
5: Absolutely. You can follow me at Ian St. Clair, at Colorado underscore play. And PlayColorado.com is your one-stop shop for news, analysis, opinion, features on anything sports gambling and betting, gambling, to help make you a safer and smarter bettor.
2: It sure will. And I want to let everybody know I'll be launching a fundraising campaign coming up on Thursday. We'll be helping some uh, homeless animals that were displaced because of the fires uh, up north of Denver. So we'll do that as well. For Ian, Nate Kreckman, and our producer, Stephen, thank you very much for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bett Rivers, and we will catch you tomorrow.